Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in the fancy Feral Audio Studios with a great guest. He is a writer for League of Legends and a dungeon master to many. It is Ryan Vernier. Hi, everybody. It's nice to meet you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, yeah, uh, meet the audience, not necessarily you, and you're welcome. <laughs> you can meet the audience, too. Yeah, I'm doing it psychically right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just take a moment to close your eyes and just think of the people listening. I'm a very powerful wizard, so it's easy, actually. <laughs> we met in an odd circumstance that we can only talk about a little bit because it's Hollywood, and everybody is always like, oh, there are things I can only talk about a little bit, which is usually either like a cool TV, movie, video game thing, or else it's like you had an accident on the street. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had the better experience of those two. Yeah, uh, they paid us for the thing we <laughs> may have done. They paid us to come up with some ideas for a thing that will probably happen. I'm going to laugh a lot. I hope that's okay because it's just like my natural state. Oh, I, please. Like, yeah, no. So, yeah. So we met and then you were like, this guy's weird. And now I'm <laughs> here and it's late. I'm worried about my safety. But okay, let's do it anyway. <laughs> we're We're in like a sealed room. This yeah. is a sealed studio. Does that make you feel better or worse? No, worse. I'm human, like evolved from a predatory species that's like, no, I'm trapped. You're you know? just in a box and other humans are out there watching. That's, yeah. It's yeah. fine. It's kind of a nightmare. <laughs> They're nice. That guy has a haircut, man, for days, though. I'm yeah. so bald. It's, it's so a depressing. beautiful haircut. Yeah. You I'm... rock the hat look, though. That's all I got. Yeah. Does that make choices? It's you like, wear a hat commandingly. It's like Kenobi hood, hat, <laughs> or bald. Those are the three choices. Oh, thank you for Kenobi hood. Uh, I have not considered Kenobi hood. I've thought to my future <laughs> when I need to do something with my head, and I did not think of just full-on Jedi robes yes. all the time. Alec Guinness, man. You got to always look to him. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I want to get right into your obsession. Uh, oh, okay. The thing that we were working on, you, you were brought in because of your experience and your wisdom kind of in the world of Dungeons & Dragons, Dungeons & Dragons specifically, and you are also, you like... <laughs> Sorry. Yes, you're not wrong. It's just so silly. <laughs> yes. You DM for lots of people, right? I do. I do. Yeah, right? Yeah. You are like an expert DM person, and uh-huh. that came across just beautifully. Yeah, I've been DMing for 28 years, um, which is a pretty long time. I missed the 25-year mark, which is insane. Uh, I've never missed a year or taken a real vacation other than maybe a handful of months with, like, you know, that girlfriend who didn't like D&D. And I was like, oh, I don't play D&D. Yeah, D&D's stupid. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I kind of was like, you know, I had to come out and just go like, you know what? I'm not going to get in relationships where that's an issue anymore. And then it was just nonstop ever since, which has been great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's been a great ride. It's actually it, very seriously one of the most important um, sort of, it's not really a pastime to me anymore. It's one of the most important things I have done artistically uh, in my life. Um it, 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 you know, I learned to read and do math on the fly because of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So this, like, it goes, it goes real deep, and now it's just a pleasure. But yeah, it runs the, it runs the spectrum of drama. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Well, I want to start at the beginning. <laughs> oh, I want to start at the like the first time. When do you first remember playing Dungeons and Dragons, and when did it like drop to you of like, this is amazing? I'll go deeper. 
right? For you. Go to the womb. I'll go deeper. Yeah. So I'm in there. It's like dark and warm. <laughs> Everything's cool. I can, weirdly enough, hear Star Wars through the flesh of my mother, um, which will give you some age range of when I was born. Um, that probably messed me up, right? TIE fighters and deep breaths. Oh, yeah. 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 You could hear Alec Guinness out there. Yeah. Yes. Balding. Yes. Oh, my God. That probably did something to my brain. Anyway, I go back and I'm being babysat in a house in uh, Clifton, New Jersey. Uh, it's like maybe 1980 i don't i don't know it's like and i see um a a board game called the dark tower which i'm sure is now like a licensing issue yeah um (laughs) and i was like what the heck is that and the kids try to the older kids try to explain to me but i'm like a dough-headed idiot child i'm like i don't get it but it's beautiful it's making the noises (laughs) and then years uh you know years later it was like i think et comes out et the extraterrestrial it's a movie that steven spielberg did Uh, i call him stevie and um (laughs) Yeah, in it, you know, the characters play Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, Mom, I want to play that game. I don't know what it is, but like, I, I like pizza and I like <laughs> the metal things, the miniatures. She's like, You can't read. I'm like, Yeah, okay. And so we fought about that. And I was like, I got to learn how to read in order to get this game. And it basically became like, even before I had it, really? A, yeah, I had to like change my life from a like at a curriculum level <laughs> to <laughs> access the keys that would get me into the Dungeons and Dragons kingdom. Which was, you know, controlled by the the boss monster mom, <laughs> and uh, who was super. It was great. she knew what she was doing. She's a very smart lady, and so yeah, and and, and it really it actually helped. It was immediately rehabilitating a kid who was struggling uh, because of dyslexia. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, what was it when you saw it in ET? Was it just that ET is so cool that, or I, did you relate to the kids and say, "I want to play the game," or was it something? There was something about a an exercise of a pure imagination, which had some supporting, you know, structure to it where, like, even if you look back at the set design of what was happening in E.T. is, like, they have some kind of, like, wall set up. There's, like, a rudimentary dungeon layout. One kid's screaming at the pizza delivery dude, I remember, and that's kind (laughs) of, like, the focus of the scene. But but they're, like, you know, Elliot wants to play, and there was an immediate connection for me where I was just, like, I want want to play, too. It was was exactly what I was feeling in the same moment from a position of ignorance, and, and, and it never left me. And I go back, and I sometimes just watch that scene on YouTube, and I'm, like, yeah, that was the moment. That, that was the moment where I, that was the moment where I chose to like become obsessed, and it's a completely irrational thing. Like I didn't know anything about the game; I had no context. Yeah, I didn't have an older brother. No one told me what it was. I was like, "They're wizards and dragons, and pizza." <laughs> Were you surprised when pizza didn't come with the game intrinsically? Like there weren't coupons oh, in the box. <laughs> I was like, "Have you ever played D&D? I'm like, "That's not." I'm like, "Okay, intrinsically, that's an important word." Yeah. Um, uh, no, because it was the first thing we ordered. I was just like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're playing D&D for the first time. Oh, well, who's getting the pizza? It was a meat. Like, everyone was like, oh, crud, digging for, you know, quarters yeah. back in the day when you could buy a pizza for a dollar. Okay, so you enhanced your reading skills. You overcame. And a, math. A, yeah. In math. Uh, you overcame some amount of dyslexia to get to the Dungeons & Dragons buying. All of it. I actually, so overcame is not fair, right? So dyslexia is a thing you have. And yeah. uh, I... I wrestled it into uh, submission, okay. and it was incredibly exhausting. It still is to this day. You know, uh, I'm a writer. I chose to have this profession. It's like, what do you do? It's like, I'm an underwater welder. I'm terrified of the ocean. You know, it's just like <laughs> stupid combinations. And um, because, yeah, I started writing, you know, I started reading. That was the first mission. Can you get through this paragraph? Yeah. And that was, and understand what, what you know, the point of, you know, what was the whole thesis of this paragraph, just the paragraph, let alone a book or a whole. And slowly but surely, I was 
putting together and constructing concepts out of the books, which were the rules and the game design. And I'm like, oh, shucks. I don't know if I can curse on this uh, podcast. Oh, great. So shit. There's (laughs) math too. Oh, my God. Um, And, uh, you know, there was no hiding from it. And uh, and ultimately, I just did it because I was so uh, excited by the content, by the, the opportunity to flex my imagination within a kind of both undefined border and border well-defined by the game itself, the, yeah. the structure, the classes, the dice, the the math, the hit points. And, um, yeah, it was the right mixture of education packaged in this completely radically different thing than what I was getting at school. So when you first got the book, when your mom thought that you had jumped uh, the hurdles that you needed to <laughs> to actually get the book, yeah. what yeah. And, and when you opened up that box... Were yeah. you like, yes, this was worth it? Look at all those pictures of fantasy things. Look at all of this. Uh... Well, the pictures were easy. Yeah, the pictures were like home. So, so what happened was it was a it was the red box. It was uh, the famous you know dragon and barbarian dude you know yeah. cover. Um, and oh my gosh, that, I think it's an Elmore piece of art. Larry Elmore, who's like the funniest dude ever. You should interview him. <laughs> uh, met him at at, at, at Gary Con. He's hilarious. Um, but uh, it was at a it, we couldn't we didn't have a lot of money. We were on food stamps. Like okay. I'm a, I was like a poor kid, and uh, we found the red box at a garage sale. And I was just oh. like, yeah. And it was it was wrecked. And I was like. And I just pointed, like I pointed with like a weird Italian <laughs> horror film, like seeing the monster crawl across the floor face. And my yeah. mom was like, oh, okay, okay. She, she rolled on it. It was like, give us a quarter. And that was the right price for us. And I got it. And I, so f- at first it's like, oh my God, dragon or, oh, it's bright red. This is wonderful. Open it up. That's a lot of words and numbers. You know, so I, was like, <laughs> I, was, I was like, I triggered a trap. Clearly I'm like, yeah. you didn't tell me that this was school in a box. And but it didn't matter because the spell was cast. You know, I was like permanently like I'm gonna I'm gonna climb this hill okay. no matter what it takes. And now you're you're uh, an only child. I am. I was an only child from. I'm actually as Shakespeare used to write a bastard. Okay. Right. So I, I'm a child born of lovers who just didn't give a shit, which is nice. My parents still are friends. And but then I have some siblings, step siblings, and and they're great too. But okay. I, in that construct of time, it was just me. Right. So is that what led you down your path to dungeon mastering then? Because you have to master <laughs> this whole box, and then you're like, the next step is some little other motherfuckers to play with. You're like, you have no friends. I love that that you just went like, bite quick, you just cut to the bone there, Joseph. <laughs> so since you had no friends and you couldn't read, well, let me poor. let me tell you very quickly yeah. my dumb Dungeons yeah, and Dragons ahead. story. I'm gonna drink because uh, go my ahead. my brother and I loved fantasy stuff, and then we heard about Dungeons and Dragons. We said, this is our jam. This is what we're gonna do forever. Yes. There are two of us, so we can at least make it work a little bit because we didn't have any friends. Mm. Uh, and then we got invited over to a kid's house to play Dungeons and Dragons. And we saw all the math and the numbers and the homework. And my brother, who's three years older than me, is like, this is dumb. All of this in order to pretend to be dragons and knights? Let's go outside. I have a thing to tell you about called the imagination. I get it. And then we, like, ran around and played. And then it wasn't until I got a little bit older and I met geekier friends, like, in high school and college and mostly after college where people, like, know it's this different, unique experience that melds the imagination with the practical of gaming. And then that's when I came to it. I see, you know, I, we actually just, there's an important, um, you know, demarcation here, right? So there's there's little kid me, era of E.T., early 80s. Yeah, I didn't have any active D&D friends. I was a, I was a strange kid. Uh, I knew I had this, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this disadvantage with regards to, you know, dyslexia. And, um, and I might have been operating, 
at a at a an advanced state while being extremely debuffed by the way my brain works. Yeah, and so actually it was a church uh, youth group that I joined. Right? What? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so great. So yeah, so I have the alternate story of that. Like I'm actually I'm a pretty agnostic person. I really love our love science, and you know believe things are getting hotter. But uh, and <laughs> we're the fault, we're the cause, right? So like, but uh, yeah, I mean, I got involved with this great youth group. It was like good again. Poor family, not a lot of options. This is a good way to keep me off the street. Yeah. And the 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 youth group advisor, this guy uh, Don Wagner, was like a dungeon master, and so. When I started talking about it without really, you know, understanding what I was talking about, he's like, oh, yeah, you like Dungeons and Dragons? And, you know, I'm like, oh, no, I've been, I'm going to get called out for being a fraud here because I'm barely reading the books and I just okay. know what a beholder is. And it was actually that guy, he just like, like, that's what we would talk about, right? And I'm friends with him to this day. I'm actually flying back to New York for Christmas. Yeah. My fiance and I are going to be staying with Dungeon Master Don. Like, like that's like, <laughs> like he's one of my closest friends. But yeah, it, and and that kind of, and eventually he was like, you know, you need other people to play this game. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a healthy step in my development. Okay. And yeah, and that's and that's how it actually all fell together. It was like my my tribe, my people surrounding me. Like I, I bumped into someone who was older who was playing the game and and knew that like, hey, so th- the other missing ingredients once you can do the math and read the words is friends. Yeah, and I was like, oh, social skills. <laughs> you know, but like it's like still, it very, yeah. So it's like I mean, it's the recipe of my life. Yeah, I, it's not even that's not even a joke. No, no, it doesn't seem like it at all. So I, I got so many things I need to follow up on. Yes, so I'm this sorry. was uh, yeah. no, no, don't be sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's, it's so such strange. a great story. It's so strange. Yeah. Go. So uh, Dungeon Master Don. Yeah. This was at the relative height of Satan is getting to children through Dungeons oh, and yeah. Dragons, oh, and yet yeah. you got to it through the church? Lambs to the Slaughter was like a best-selling book at the time. It's one of the great Satan, like the, the Chick tracks. Is that, was it Chick, whatever, the one with the little comics where they're like, yeah. you know, the kids are like hanging themselves because their characters died. And I was like, that's metal, but I would never do that. <laughs> um, and yeah, so. I recognize that rocks and is wrong. So a couple things. There's a couple things, right? So first of all, full admission. I did grow up in New Jersey, but I did not go to Catholic school or a Catholic church. I was a Methodist. We were like the secret entry room for like the Masons, right? Okay. This is all nonsense. It's yeah. like, let's drink some coffee and have a donut. Who's going to be at the lodge <laughs> later to talk about which banks we're going to destroy? Like, yeah that, yeah, that was the church I went to. So like nobody cared, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it was, I went there because my grandma it was very important to her. And uh, and she was just awesome, one of the many lights of my life. And so, yeah, and so there's just, like, a bunch of nerdy kids who are, like, didn't have that awful ray of judgment. It was present, but it was not nearly as oppressive as, you know, things are even weirdly today. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was just, like, yeah, it was a little bit more casual. Like, there are people who I'm like, oh, that's a gay person. Like, yeah, you know, and this is the 80s. Yeah. You know, being allowed to, like, worship and be in the church. And so it was, I mean, no one was, like, running around with, like, pride shirts on, but yeah. it was definitely ahead of its time. It was and, ahead of its I th- time. I think there's, that's. Uh, something worth calling out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, did Don do the dungeon mastering then initially, or no. did you step right into the role of dungeon master? I was a nightmare kid. I was like, hey, I want to just watch, right? Like, I was just like, you know, how does a kid like force himself on you? You, find, yeah, yeah. And that's it. I'm like, okay, can I just hang out? Like, I'll order the pizza. And uh, I watched the older kids play. And so I started okay. by just being around, right? Because it was just like, my mom knew all these people, right? My like, like you know, they were babysitter. Like they were like my babysitter. Her brother was in Dungeon Master Don's group, so it was like a perfect recipe. So I was like, "Oh man, is you know, am I getting, am I going to Megan's house tonight?" To, and your mom's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh yes, you know, <laughs> hopefully, oh, it'd be like they'll be playing D and D. I can watch." So 
this perfect storm of circumstance, really, sort yeah. of. And so I just observed and I took notes, which originally started off as pictographs, because again, reading, writing, yeah. challenging. But I would like draw pictures of how many people are at the table. And I was like, you know, it would have been great to just have a sentence like, there are six people playing at this table. That's probably a good number. Instead, I had to draw caveman style, six people at a crappy table. Was it like, like you were drawing what was actually happening physically in the real world, like yes. a courtroom sketch? Yeah, because I couldn't do the other stuff. The wording part was hard, okay. right? But I was like, I could draw six stick figures. Yeah, we're talking like, it's it's That's insane. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and it, yes. And again, like eventually, you know, I gave up the cartooning for words and math, obviously. But yeah. like, that's where it started, was like this weird courtroom sketching, just like yeah. trying to climb this hill this that was in front of me, which was, you know, getting over all these hurdles, these educational hurdles. And then when did you first dive in and, and start playing as, <sighs> as an active player? Officially, it was like, it was like 13, 12, 13, right? Okay. So whatever puts us at like 28 years. I just recently did the math. Okay. Because someone asked me, I was like, I don't know. No. So it was like 12 years. And the reason was I played in a couple games and they were all trash. I was like, these kids were stupid. <laughs> and I was like, and you know, they'd be like, you can't spell. I'm like, I don't think that matters. You're not a storyteller. Like, yeah. uh, this is not working out for me. It's like, why does that guy have like a lightning sword? Oh, no, I gave it to him. It's like, like Tad just asked you for a lightning sword and you gave it to him. Like, what was the conflict he had to go through to get that? Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, have you ever read like a Greek myth before? And they're like, done. And I I didn't realize like, because of my anxiety about being stupid, I was probably grinding harder in the library. Yeah. So that didn't make sense to me, which also made me an outcast. But like, so after I like was probably the worst kid to hang out with though. Like, so the old kids thought I was funny because I was just like this like monkey animal. That made funny sounds. And then the, the kids my age hated me. Yeah. So eventually I found a group and I started DMing for older kids. Oh, and nice. That, and that, so really, so so the experimental years, my like prog rock years <laughs> were like 12 <laughs> to 16. And then like 17, I like get a top 40 record in the DMs world. Okay. And I land a group um, composed of many of my friend's older brothers. Okay. And that's when I was like, I'm, I win. Right. Yeah, like, you are a rock star like, DM. Like, I had a waiting list in my stupid small town. Like, people are like, can we get in that game? I'm like, nah, you can't play, man. I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah. Read some Edith Hamilton, then we'll talk. I don't know. You know? How did you, uh, what was your sort of uh, test to see if somebody was worthy of joining your awesome game once you became a rock star DM? I would go to Dunkin' Donuts with them and audition them. Are you serious? Yeah. How? Well, <laughs> what? Like, you think this is child's play? You think Critical Role just happened? Those jokers take it seriously too. I don't know yes. if they're like like this level of Dexter serious that I am. Uh, no, I, I met Matthew Mercer He's before so nice. the He's Critical so nice. Role thing exploded. I met him doing a D and D for charity thing, and yes, he he is amazing. Takes it seriously, and by taking it seriously, has a great sense of fun. Mm-hmm. Man, but uh, the 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 visual that you specifically went to Dunkin' and Don Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, it's like a East the, Coast thing. The the D&D of the donut world, Look, literally. Man, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so, but it's true, yeah. How did you test them then, though? But what were you looking for in a good player? Like, Just honestly, not an asshole? So this is the thing. Honestly, I'm, you know, I'm going to spoil something right now on the show for you exclusively. Oh, please. So I'm going to be at South by Southwest next year giving a talk. And it's my second talk at South by. I'm really excited. And it's going to basically be about like the, the relationship between D&D and the writer's room. And what I did not know I was doing was I was doing, like, the sniff check, which is like, hey, maybe you're talented and I've read your work, 
but can we be in a room together okay. for this long every day and not kill each other? <laughs> and so that's like a real thing. Yeah. Like, you know, like big TV shows, you might you might get called back and, and invited, and then it's like, hey, we're going to go to Cabo for, I don't know if Cabo's even a thing, right? Like, we're going to go somewhere for a weekend. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts. And yeah, we're going to go to Dunkin' Donuts for a whole <laughs> a weekend. weekend. We're going to make some crullers. <laughs> and uh, if we get through that, you got a job, you know? So yeah. I did, So it was kind of like a, it was a primordial groping in the darkness version of that i just didn't know what i was doing it was like are you full of shit are you gonna be talking about baseball and like the sports while i'm trying to dm or are you like committed and yeah that was the first step and if people were cool that was really all it took okay yeah that's awesome so now you are now expert level dm and i I was amazed at like your depth of knowledge not only of the game but all of the ephemera around it so i want to ask you to preserve this if uh somebody came to you let's say like a 12 year old came to you like (laughs) yes um not not a random one. You already know the No, no, no. It doesn't matter. I, I think kids are great. So, I, yeah. All right. All right. A 12-year-old comes to you and says, I have heard of D&D, mm-hmm. but I don't get it. Mm-hmm. What is it? How do you boil it down to that kid? Okay. It just, I would just basically be like, you know, remember playing make-believe? And then I would slap the books out of his hand and be like, get the F out of here. No, no. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would, I would honestly say it's basically, hey, it's like structured storytelling. Do you like the Skyrim? Do you like the Witcher? Do you like those games, right? The open world? The, this is that before we had computers. Okay. And if that doesn't hook them, because like at first you'd have questions, I think, as a 12 year old. Like, what do, you, what do you mean? It's like Skyrim before computers. Like I, and like hopefully that alone mystifies him enough where I okay. can just be like, and then this is how you resolve it. Like, how do you resolve actions? Like, once they start asking questions, I, you know you have them. All so right. basically, you try to entice them with a place where you just like put them in the alien space of like, how did that world even exist? Yeah. If they go, I don't want to. No old man. They kick you in the shin and walk away. You've lost. If they engage you with questions, you've won. That's kind of that would be my approach. Okay. Would you approach an adult the same way? Like, uh, my <laughs> wife Sarah is just now playing a game with a bunch of people who have never played. Like, that's the point. Is older people who are like. I have I know so many people who are so into this and I kind of have this hang up that I don't get it. Would you explain it the same way to an adult? Um yeah, probably. Okay. I think I think it's really fair uh, cuz you're looking for a point of like like what can we where can we jump off, right? We need like this common ground. Yeah. And so for the kid and and the adult, you know, even your wife in the situation would be like, you know, I would ask, "Hey, do you play video games?" And, you know, based on the yes no, we would go from there cuz this is a direct ancestor to yeah. everything I do today. And and especially the RPG genre as we know it, and yeah. why people are trying to make sandbox games is they are chasing the D and D dragon, you know, to make a really awkward and awful drug reference <laughs> in this. But like, uh, you know, and and with good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how much? Uh, when I think of the early D and D, I think of a lot of the absurdity of kind of the mishmash of different kinds of monsters and some of the just sort of very eighties metal. Are we talking about ochre jellies? Are we talking about beholders? What are we talking about here? Are we talking about some like chimera? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, some of it's weird, but let's get specific. Are you saying like the oozes and the yeah, jellies? Yeah, the oozes and like some of the monsters being very like, oh, well, this is drawn from myth. But sure. it, aren't there just like early on just like vampires? Yeah, no, but that's, yeah, man. Like, but, okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah I think you're you... answering my question before I ask. So I'll I'm just sorry. throw it out. Is, no, sorry. no, it's fine. It's fine. It is. I was going to ask, is that part of the charm that it's, that there's absurdity and silliness to Dungeons and Dragons. So here's the thing. I think you only think like like a, like a black pudding is silly until it 
eats your friend's face and breaks your sword, right? Like then it's like, oh my God. Uh, Okay, so they named it, you know, black pudding, which is like a food if you're like from like the high elf lands of Bretonia or whatever. (laughs) But like for us, that's just a funny name. And then, yeah, so it's like, it's it's the thing. It's like John Carpenter's the thing, right? It's like, how do you express it in your game? Okay. Your game could be silly and cartoony. That's another one of the powers of Dungeons and Dragons, right? There's no, I mean, you could make it E for everyone or you can go all the way to like, creeper town and you can okay. all yiff in the corner i don't know what people do i don't care i don't judge them <laughs> but like you know and everything in between and so it's funny i this isn't going to come out anytime soon but i was literally making uh black puddings with a glue gun in my backyard yesterday <laughs> so and I, I can show you a picture of it before i leave is it for a purpose or just yeah man okay. i got i got i got a lot so i love the jellies because people see them when they hit the i use a lot of dwarven forge in my game i just love this stuff and I will make enormous, like, 16 by 16 foot, like, full super dungeons and obscure it with, like, black cloth and okay. paper so people can't see stuff. And when some... Like, the literal physical, yeah, like, yeah, terrain yeah. and map Yeah, and for, for the fighting. I think okay. uh, theater of the mind for everything else, you know? Um, but if I know the character's going into a dungeon, I'll build it. If I think there's going to be a hero set piece, like a castle okay. with a vampire in it, you know, to get back <laughs> to your question, like, I will build that, too. Okay. Um, it's just a, such a spectacle and so fun to look at. And even if we don't go there, even if the story doesn't drive itself there, right? Because that would be like a story on rails, which I don't like. Yeah. Um, I don't feel bad. I built a giant castle and lit it. Like, no. Smoke machine stuff's coming out of it. That looks super awesome behind me. It's like a robot chicken set. And then I can just theater <laughs> the mind DM with that as my backdrop. And yeah. I look like, like I'm in, in Rush or something. Like, it's just insane. So, <laughs> But I don't think the monsters themselves are inherently not cool, silly or horrific. I think that's up to the DM and the uh, like to execute well. Okay. So, in do you think that you have come to this being a part of the world of D&D or did you come to it because it was so important to you and you took this kind of long journey to finally get to actually playing and then to being a rockstar DM? Do you think it was just that sort of um when people tease it, you have such uh, a love of it? Oh, you mean te- make fun of D&D? Yeah. Dude, ah oh man, I don't know if I I might have an aura around me. No one makes fun of D and D around me, but like <laughs> if they were, I would sort of welcome that level of engagement because you know when you when you get to a certain tier and everyone's just like, oh, it's so cool, it's everywhere. Oh my god, I love Critical Role, which is and I do. I yeah, think it's a great show. I paint minis while watching it. That's like a good level <laughs> of nerddom right there. Um, when that outlier shows up and they're like, I don't get it. This is stupid. And they like, you know, knock over your Iron Man statue and slam the door as they yeah. leave your home. Like, I kind of want to chase that guy down in the driveway and be like, dude, let's talk. Why are you so upset? for? Or why don't you get it? Like, what were you doing? Like, didn't you play, you know, like, I don't know what we were like, like knights and, and, and monsters in the woods with your yeah. friends wherever you grew up or the variants thereof, which are all super racist. But like, you know, um, <laughs> You know, yeah, I I would love that challenge. I just don't get it a lot. Okay, okay, yeah, and that makes total sense to me. And I wasn't uh, super thinking of it from the like, uh, just now. I don't know why I'm doing it. This is dumb. But more, I I think maybe <laughs> I was coming to it from my own. Like, I'm a comedian who is also a big geek. And, yeah. Like, yeah. my one of my favorite characters in Star Wars is Emperor Palpatine, and I can write you an essay on his view of hatred and how his manipulations are brilliant and take it really really seriously. And then I also like him because. He's ridiculous and over the top, and that's part of the reason. And I love him for both. We're talking about Jedi Palpatine, right? We're, we're right. Uh, yeah. Okay. The cool. We'll, fo- we'll, fo- yeah. we'll focus on Sith Palpatine. Yeah. I. But like. Uh, and, and I mean, what's your point there? Just your love and your deep love for him, and like how you can engage 
on any level, talking about just like the surface Palpatine yeah, and the it, machinations of Palpatine. Yeah, just like I love him partially because he's absurd and partially sincerely the way he's presented. Oh, uh, I see. I think I see what we're driving at. So here's the thing, right? One of my, uh, you know, I'm not going to name it because there's a lot of bad touch in it. It's like one of my favorite mangas has uh, like a fantasy theme and it's just like blood and severed heads and it's okay. re- and it's it's really of its of its age. It's dated, um, and it's transformed recently, but it starts off in a really dark place. But there's like this one. There's some comic relief in it, right? There's like this little pixie character who just like defies everything that's happening on the page. And I think I think you need country and western when you tell stories. Okay. And I think set like D and D can't just be grim dark. Yeah. Uh, at least in how it is packaged and presented to the world. Otherwise. It would only reach a niche audience, and I think that's what you know Wizards is doing right now, especially even with like the Shadow Sorcerer that they're doing right now. I think it's going to be in the next book. Okay, they're like, yeah, it's like a it's like a Shadow Sorcerer. He's not really a necromancer. I mean, he kind of is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and it's like it's like well, you want to play this, right? It's like yeah, probably. So in one group, that could be a really dark character, and in someone else's group, it's just kind of like it's like the fourth wave goth who really loves the cure yeah. still, you know. And it's like again, it comes down to I don't know execution. Um, and, and, and it isn't literally that thing on the page because Palpatine is an expression in a film. It is, it is that character in those films. It's pretty well defined. Right. Whereas like if there were a drawing of Palpatine in the monster's manual, right. Yeah. Um, my interpretation may be very different from your interpretation. Like you might be like, Oh no, I kind of like all the movies. I'll be like only Jedi. Like if that was my weird argument, Yeah. not that it, and that is not my argument, but like, and both of us would be right for our groups. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so have you ever, now that you've been mired in it for a long time, in a good way, I mean, I mean mired, this podcast is called Obsessed, so when I say yeah. mired, that's a compliment. It's not a lie. Uh, <laughs> have you ever made a life decision that's, like, inspired by D&D? Oh, yeah, totally. Broken up with two girls over D&D. Easy. That's easy. Just like, because she... The... It was just like, I don't get it. I need this time. And I'm like, look, I only run game once. It's every other Friday. That's why I run game. Okay. Right? And you can see it on, on the Twitters, right? We take a lot of pictures and make jokes. But, like, <laughs> I'm like, I need, like, this amount of time. And if you can't have a nice compromise with your partner and it's just this irrational hatred because it's not them, you got to reevaluate stuff. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever um... – so that's a life decision. Do you, do, does it get down into you where you are starting to break down the world in D&D terms? Yes, all the time. I mean, I regularly debate other D&D nerds. At you know, I, you know, I work at Riot Games. There's a lot of D and D players. There's a lot of dungeon masters, and regularly I will hear people talk about the alignment chart. Right? Okay. They're like, oh yeah, you know, so that's kind of like a chaotic neutral, and like, I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, or this and that, and they'll talk about you know the good spectrum versus the neutral spectrum, and you know, I'm you know, we're all watching Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. And I'm like, the Hound is a beautiful expression. Of like neutral and the people are like, but he's kind of chaotic. I'm like, he's not chaotic, right? I'm like, <laughs> he just has his wheel of perspective and perception. He has a code, but it's like his code and that's all that matters, right? Yeah. And like people are like, oh, and then people start talking and, and having interesting conversations like, oh my God, is he actually good? And I'm like, well, we can open up that can whenever we want, but I'm just operating here. And so, yeah, so it's very much like since we are in showbiz and writing biz and storytelling biz, the alignment chart is like everywhere these days. Okay. And do you find it helpful? Have you found it helpful in your like personal life? It can do, be very do... distracting. Okay. I think I think if people aren't willing to really go through the academic exercise of talking about like why Peter Parker is chaotic good yeah. and not lawful good, we're in trouble. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you break down real humans that you meet? Like, no, no, no. I mean, the, the it's I break real humans down into like has played D and D or hasn't, has liked what they did or did not like what they did. So that would be the categorization there. I'm like, oh. Because it kind of tells me a little bit about your willingness to be vulnerable in a social situation, something I had to learn right going back to the beginning of our right. interview. Um, it tells me a lot about your imagination. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like I think I think it's there's a lot of important lessons in sharing the table. Yeah, which is why I'm not like a, I think it's called Roll Twenty. I think there's like a software that lets you play when you're separated. I think it's great that it exists. Yeah, but I think there's a real there's a real value to sort of replacing our grandparents' pinochle games with something. And right. I think D- and D&D is certainly that for me. There's like a social thing to it. It's like a ritual. It's a reason to keep in touch with old friends. Like there's a lot hanging on that. Yeah, That's absolutely. Not just the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's and obviously you are really focused on storytelling and investing in the sort of the reality of the story. Well, yeah, I mean, I am. But also the Dungeon Master's job is to, in many ways, facilitate um, and so to a certain degree, you're a showrunner, but every character is a writer and maybe a lead writer at that, yeah. you know? And so you're, you're, you need to celebrate what they're doing as much as you sort of push your agenda. Like my agenda is wizard on a hill and their agenda is like, we're like, we want to be the Sopranos in this weird fishing village. Like, <laughs> well, all right. Um, like, you know, you know, and the first thing we're going to do is like pressure the local tradesmen into like protection money. I'm like, well, you speak to the soul of me coming from New Jersey. It's like, I like this, but like, you know, I'm going to have to rethink how evil wizard on the hill works into this but that's like the challenge and the pleasure right you yeah know, from the story structure point of view it's like, and you can't just be like no you don't do that like that's the biggest failure right there like right. telling your group no if that if they're super passionate about so it. so it's like improv you yes and yeah so yeah i have no improv training but like i i had a roommate this guy matt donnelly who's like a big uh improv uh, improv dude and he used to make me do the uh you know, where you tell a story at the top of a set. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I forget what it's called. And like a Herald. Herald. It's called Heralding, right? Yeah. And, um, and, and thank you for doing that, Matt, because like it helped me with big crowds later in life. But, uh, you know, I would watch them work. And again, it was just me, you know, drawing the weird pictures of people <laughs> <laughs> this time with words. And like, oh, yeah, it is yes and. It is what you're saying, Joseph. Like, it is all this behavior. That's important, too. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of lessons in how to be funny and not be selfish. Yeah. And from a player perspective, how much do you think wish fulfillment is a important part of Dungeons and Dragons? Like, Ooh. I think it can probably be taken too far. Like, there's a stereotype of the bad uh, player, exactly like the bad improv player, who's like, I want to have a gun in this scene to feel powerful, so I run into a scene and I tell everybody I have a gun and I control the scene and it's scary and weird, and obviously that can happen in uh, role-playing as well. But there's also an awesome part of it where, like, yeah, I had a hard day, But then I went over to my friend's Ryan's house, I had a sword, and I killed an evil thing. Mm. And it was great. Mm. Well, I mean, so, okay. So I think there's a lot to unpack there. One, um, that's why you have coffee at Dunkin' Donuts first, to get rid of that, (laughs) to watch for that dude. Call, you know, shout out to the top of the show. What's up, top of the show? Um, But in all seriousness, um, wish fulfillment, power fantasy, I believe that there is a lot of that um, presented, but when presented without um, risk, right, to the character, to the player, you aren't engaging in a game, 
anymore. Okay. And I think uh, there's an important there's an important step there, right? Like a game designer once told me, he's like, you know, Ryan, the only reason the dungeon master screen exists is so that you can lie about the roles. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I think it exists because sometimes I need to look at rules. I'm also <laughs> hiding a black pudding that I just made with a glue gun back there. And, um, you know, also, like, I'm kind of DJing music sets, you know. And yeah. I go, and he's like, so do you roll in front of the screen? I said, mostly. Only when I forget to do so do I not roll out in front of the players. Yeah. He's like, why? I'm like, because the dice are Lord Humongous from the second Road Warrior movie. They just don't care. They just yeah. want the gasoline, right? They don't care. So they roll the dice, and if I roll a t- natural 20 on my fiancé, and her little pixie head comes away from her shoulders. Yeah. Like, that happened. Right? And so we're going to fight, whatever. But, like, right. you know, it's worth it for her, too, right? She'll be like, you're a dick. And I'll be like, yes, but it was Lord Humongous who did it. Right. right? And then you have to have it because then when you have the power fantasy, when that character who knows their life could be extinguished at any moment does something amazing, it's more impactful. Yeah. It's this great part where reality uh, holds back the fantasy and, like, Almost a healthy way, strangely. Yeah, I mean, I think people are mature enough to go and like fudge the roles one way or the other. But I find that when I don't have to process the decision through an emotional spectrum, yeah, it is more exhilarating uh, to the table and to myself, right? Because I'm just like, holy shit, that just happened, yeah, right. And we're not taking it back unless someone has a wish or something else is happening, yeah. And yeah, so I like those dark soul level stakes. Cool, cool. If you could have some part of your day that was determined every day by a die roll, <laughs> like if every day you got in the car and like, I'm just going to roll for traffic and see how it's going to be, or don't, what don't am I going to have for lunch? Well, don't we? I mean, it, it's yeah, it's traffic. It is right. traffic in LA. It's, it's like, unpredictable, but that's a D100 roll for sure. That's yeah. not like that's not anything <laughs> with like meaning. It's like what's all right? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Okay, D100. I rolled. I can't talk anymore. Great. Whatever. It's just yeah. Um. It, but if I could, if I could opt into a role, yeah. Ooh, that forced randomness ooh, in your day. It would be like charm executive. <laughs> you you'd like that risk of like what if I roll really horribly? Dude, I do it every day, <laughs> and I don't know the outcome of the die roll. So sure, like to see the one come up and be like, "Thank you, I'll pack my stuff." You know, yeah. is that's like kind of a blessing, right? Yeah. To see a twenty, I'd be like, uh, "You're paying me three times as much forever." Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know how to run with that if I yeah. see it. Life obscures the you know the variable, right? And if you get a one, then you're like, well, I have to come up with a new job, a new adventure, maybe. It's like, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Just <laughs> polite. Like, I'm gonna take this check mix out of the bowl. I might need this later. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a little inside baseball, but it's yeah. so yeah. I would definitely take that because like, yeah, you know, people aren't always super honest. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let me end it on a down note. People are not super <laughs> honest. No. Sorry. Really sorry. Uh, no, it's great. Uh, <laughs> it's true. People got to hear the truth. If you yourself did get transported like into the world of Dungeons and Dragons, have you had your own sort of fantasy of like if I was in that world, and you could be anything? You could be, you know, a magician. You could be an orc. You could be an elf. What would you want to be? Would you uh, want to be black pudding yourself? No, no. I I've known for a long time that I'm a goblin. I mean, I am like Blix from Legend. I'm just like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to kill all the unicorns, whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm wearing glitter black armor. Like, everything is covered in poison. Like, okay. I know that. But that's me now, right? And, I, and I'm just, and I'm being super honest to the yeah. previous point. But, like, if you asked, if you asked, like, third, like, little kid me, it would be the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon setting, 
because I was in love. Like, oh, I was okay. in love with, like, yeah, like, acrobat and thief, like, holy cow. <laughs> and that helped me learn some personal truths, you know, before even puberty started. Like, it would be there. I'd be like, this is great. I'm hanging out with you ladies forever. Cavaliers is a chump. Let's not talk to him anymore. Yeah, Bobby's okay. Uni school. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, so you would be a goblin. Do you have like weapons? Do you have Yeah, I have like... just like a thousand knives. Like I have more, I my armor is just knives, right? In sheets. Like I don't like with just the, the thousand knives covered in poison in little leather sheets yeah. with my name written on them backwards just to be crappy and like yeah, I'm just like covered in like weird goblin prison tattoos. I yeah. love this. I love yeah. that the knives could even be pointing out and you could just run at people and say, hey, Who if you cares? run into me, it's your problem. Yeah. That, I'm I a mean, goblin wearing yeah. knives. I would be a goblin that couldn't even speak goblin, like common. I'd just be like, just a, just, <laughs> I know, I would reject it. You know, because all the characters now are like, oh, they all speak common. I'm like, nah, I never learned it. Like, no, nah, I speak <laughs> a goblinoid. Orcs can go F themselves. I'm just up in this tree. Don't come near the tree. Yeah, that's who I would be. I know it's not really the power fantasy some people go for, but there's purity there. Yeah. No, and that's what I was interested in, the beauty, <laughs> the truth. Uh, now, I want to ask you sort of the opposite question, because uh, I have had a friend who has sort of done this in his mind. Okay. Have you statted yourself out as an actual human? Oh, I'm Like, tr- you I'm tr- in your real life. Oh, I'm trash. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, we, so we all did it when we were 12, and it was stupid. It was a bad exercise. No one was vulnerable enough to just be like, I'm kind of struggling in math class, which I should have been, right? Yeah. Now I'm like, yeah, this knee is not good. I this, I have a crap movement rate. Like it, it's like I'm like too much too much martial arts and try hard workout. Yeah, you know, costy kitties. Um, yeah, I mean, you I, you want me to do the exercise right now? It's like average intelligence and wisdom. Intelligence, hmm, wisdom is low because I say stuff that can get me in trouble. A lot. Intelligence is probably high, but wisdom's like perception based now in fifth yeah. edition. I don't know. Yeah, I'm probably like a wisdom intelligence monster with like an okay charisma stat. And my dump stat is like dex, it's like constitution because I'm like, I need a nap. You know, like <laughs> who, who doesn't love naps, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just like, yeah, you don't have a good con score if you're like, oh, I, I'm napping. <laughs> oh, man, it's nine o'clock. I got to go to bed soon. Yeah, that's not a good constitution score. Would you have a, a bonus for any specific thing, any specific skill? What do you no, be? Now, this is like wish territory. It's just whatever I want. No, in real life. I want you to oh. say something nice about yourself is really the challenge here. Oh, no. Um, oh, that's not good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I can suck people's souls out with my left hand, but I can never move it. That's pretty dope, <laughs> right? Um, no, I mean, I honestly, like, I guess that's the thing. Like, I feel incredibly fulfilled with my life today. Like, I I, I mean, really, this. I, I have had, you know, Luke Gygax at my table, yeah. you know, that was, you know, I've had other amazing, you know, artists I, you know, respect. You know, Pendleton Ward of Adventure Time passed through. That guy really, he tested my boundaries because he's he is a creative force of nature. But like, you know, the Luke thing was a big deal because, like, uh, you know, he's there. I'm like, this is a charming guy. This is great. He grew up with it. He knows the whole thing. And then at one point, while I was running the game, I looked over at these old dice that he was using. Yeah. And in my head, it happened. I was like, oh my god, those are his dad's dice. Wow. <laughs> you know, like I'm like Gary Kickstarter are at my table, and you need to not think about that and cry right now. <laughs> was kind of like the big, that was the moment, you know. So for me, it's like I I'm I'm living in the fantasy I I kind of want. You know, we yeah. all have challenges. Like there's you know I need a game room and like a salton table maybe one day. Yeah. But like that's like who cares? That's like physical stuff. You know, I've got a good group, and you know 
that's all that I've ever needed in any town I've ever lived in. It was yeah. like, okay, move to new town, new job, great. Okay, I gotta start a new D and D group, and I have one. So that's like that's the that's the artifact. Nice. That's the magic weapon. Nice. So we're gonna move on to our how obsessed are you questions. Do you think about Dungeons and Dragons every day? Yes. Yeah. I mean, in even you, you say you're you're game mastering or dungeon mastering twice a week. No, no, no. Twi- once every other week. So it's it's yeah, every, every other week. Friday. Okay, every other Friday. So this Friday is game night. But you are planning and you're thinking the whole time, right? Yeah. Well, that's yes, I am, and I'm reminding myself both. You need to plan and don't overplan. Okay. Right. And so I'm going. Those are the two pistons that drive the dungeon master if they're worth anything. Okay. You know. Okay. Have you ever had a dream about Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They run the spectrum. From good dreams to bad dreams? Horror, sex, fun, benign, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been there, or, or just in it. Well, yeah. But those don't happen anymore. Those are the most magical ones. So when I first discovered, not not as a kid, not in the E.T. stage, but, like, playing, running D&D, there was a brief period of, like, a year or two. It was, like, puberty, so probably brain chemicals were going nuts. You know what I mean? And I was doing some real, like, you know, insane Willie, Willie Gibson stuff. I call okay. Him, I call him Willie. And um, and I had full-on D&D dreams where I was in it. It was for real. It wasn't, like, a boner dream. It was just, like, holy cow, I'm here in this, like, amazing, you know, wood at Pinewood yeah. Studios being directed by Ridley Scott. Holy cow. And that doesn't happen anymore for some reason. It's sad. Do you have dreams about uh, dungeon mastering? Because that sounds like a dream where you were in the reality of the game. No. No. Now I just have frustration dreams when, like, a bonehead player is just, like, in a mood. <laughs> and I'm like, you're just being a shit. Okay. Like, you know. Um, you know, sometimes I wish I had cameras on my game, like something like Critical Role, because yeah. you'd be like, oh, are you going to do it right now in front of the audience? I bet you wouldn't. <laughs> I bet you show some self-control, you prick. You, know? you can so, just set up like a fake camera and claim that you're streaming, right? It, it, honestly, like, <laughs> it would change the dynamic of my yeah. table so much. I yeah. Can't. And you talked uh, so eloquently about that that sense of community. Yeah. That trust yeah. around this the is table. Like, this is like, you're going to, you can do this. We're all in LA. We're all in entertainment, and you can just kind of like get away from all that, right? And like just kick back, yeah. And have it doesn't fun. matter, yeah. Even if you're just there to like have a have a cocktail, if that's your thing, or to just be around people talking about magic pants and purple wizards, whatever it is, yeah. like that. And you just need to be near that because it's not the game that we are actually playing yeah. professionally. Yeah, that's what it's for. Awesome. Uh, when people walk into your home, can they tell you're obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons right away? <laughs> yes, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like a giant glass menagerie filled with like D and D and like Warhammer minis, for like professionally painted by artists who work on movies like at Legacy Entertainment. Wow. Like, yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, that you know that Eldar is painted by a dude who like painted the Halo suits in those commercials. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a uh, yes. You would be able to tell. I think that it is still like classy enough not to be like weird and sad it's kind of like oh that's pretty neat what's that yeah it's like oh that's like this cool dragon thing that doesn't it's not an ashtray it's not like from like you know the sky mall yeah but it's still nerdy and D &D, you know yeah yeah it's hard like you gotta find it's a fine line did you have that set up when you got to the point of i'm not dating people who are not accepting of dungeons dragons anymore that was a, actually that was a minority, man. Most people were like, "This is cool." Even people who were like, "I don't know what this is," were like, 
when you love something and you can talk about why you love it, how important it is, most people who have empathy just are like, that is cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think, like, you know, so it's just, it's a good litmus test for people who can, like, get in other people's shoes. And I think we probably want to be associating with people who can do that. Yeah. As opposed to those who struggle. Yeah. In real life and then obviously in Dungeons Dragons because yeah, you're yeah. playing a different character. Yeah. A goblin full of knives. Well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the character. Maybe we should stop using Lord Humongous. It's just the goblin made out of knives <laughs> as the reference to the dice rolling monster. Yeah. Um, so you have already talked uh, eloquently about Gary Gygax. Oh, man. This is yeah. not an eloquent question. Sure. Would you buy underwear with Gary Gygax's face on them? Um, you know, no. I mean, like, here's the thing. Uh, I never met, um, Mr. Greg X. I never met Gary. Um, although I just went to Gary Con. We'll be going again this year. It's going to be wonderful. And Luke's just a, the sweetest guy. Um, can I, can I segue into an anecdote? Like, Absolutely. About, yeah. So we went to Gary Con last year and it was, um, a bunch of dudes, like industry dudes, you know, who make stuff you play and watch. And we were just like, Idiot kids, a little drunk, walking from the Hornicultural Hall, I think I pronounced that somewhat correctly, <laughs> uh, where the first, uh, you know, Gen Con was held, like the very first one. Oh, wow. And Ga- the Gygax house is a block away from there. So we were like, we were a little loaded. We were with uh, Stefan from uh, Dwarven Forge. He peeled off at some point because he's like a super rock star. And like, we were like, we're just going to walk by the house. And like, we're like, it'll be fine. And we were a little loud, you know, you're a little loud when you're drunk. And we roll down, uh, and I don't really drink much anymore, so for me, this was like a super holiday, right? Like, I'm kind of half on the wagon. And so we roll past the guy guy's house, and I'm like, I'm going to kiss the flagstone. I have to. Like, but we need to get out of here. As I'm kissing the flagstone, it's like, droop, droop, like the, the cop car chirps light. And I'm oh, like, really? I'm like pulling my lips away from the stone <laughs> first step of the house. And then, and then he's like, hey, what's going on here? And then out of nowhere, like a shining night, Luke Gygax pulls him, pulls him alongside the way. He's like, it's cool, man. That's my childhood house. They're here because of a thing. Like, I, it's everything's rad. And they're like, get out of here. We're like, cool. We're like, thank you. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was, so it's just like, it's a very, I don't know. Uh, the guy, Gary is a person who has kids who I know. You know, yeah. he's not like a face on underwear. I mean, some people wear like the Hawaiian shirt to honor Gary. Gary apparently is a big Hawaiian shirt yeah. dude. Or, you know, it's like, you know, an imperfect person like anywhere else. I just, I don't know. I think he'd think it was stupid if you had, like, his face on your underwear. He'd yeah. like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I partially asked the underwear question. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. No. See, this is what I do is I, I, I ask these questions regardless of how <laughs> well or poorly they'll be received. <laughs> No, it's not. Well, it's and not poorly. Delight. It's not poorly. Yeah. Uh, but part of the reason that I ask it is how opinion. much uh, outwardly you want to express your obsession and how much you just want to know that it's close to you. Oh, I like what you're doing here. So, I mean, for me, I don't know, man. Like when, like it's so close to me. Like the the spirit of it all, and I mean that like non denominationalist, non denominationally. It's just like it's it's in everything I do. Like, yeah. I work on video games. You know write on animation shows, run D&D, like paint minis. Like, I don't need boxers, man. Like, it's like, are you kidding me? There's paint on my nails right now from, like, what I was doing yesterday. Okay. I'm like, yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it is part of me at the atomic level. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. If you were launched into space and you could only take 10 things with you, Mm. how many of them would be D&D related? Oh, that's interesting. Um... Launch into space and I have a chance to survive. Oh yeah, 
Like, I'm going to Mars. Yeah, you're going to Mars. Like, Elon is like Ryan. <laughs> we have zero cable on Mars. We're going to need DMs to entertain these nerdy-ass scientists exactly. from JPL. You're up. But Batter you're... up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought about that, by the way. That pitch is not off the cuff. I, I, I was like, dude, I'm going to talk to Elon. I'm going to be the first DM on Mars. Right? Is, is this an actual life goal? That's a log line for, well, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I'm like, I got a bad knee. I don't think they put astronaut. <laughs> yeah, he's got a bad knee and he's dyslexic. Let's get him up there with the math and the science stuff. No, I don't think Storytelling that is important, though. Well, so that's the, that's my whole angle. It's like, yeah. dude, I could DM for, for forever. Yeah. Like, I'm going to croak. But, like, you know, while you guys are setting up the weird factories and the robot machines, like, we could, you know, yeah. D&D a little. Matt Damon's um, out there making potatoes and yeah. you're playing some games. So, I don't know. Like, I would take, like, the basics, you know. I would ta- like, honestly, I really love 5th Edition. I think it's elegant. I think they made some really smart choices in making it more of a toolbox okay. and more accessible than they have previously. And, 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 and weirdly enough, I don't know if Wizards would say this, but I, it feels a lot like advanced AD&D in a lot of places. Okay. Um, they have, you know, and it's all you have to do is, like, move a couple things around, and it can go from, like, a very you know, sort of like a coddling supportive system to super hardcore mode, like with a couple adjustments. And so probably bring a bunch of five ebooks and okay. uh, yeah, Mars, man. I don't know, like a fleece blanket <laughs> <laughs> and I'm super hairy. So like a razor. Uh, okay. Yeah. But your reason for going to Mars would be to play D&D. So, of course, you would bring stuff. Yeah, first DM on Mars. Like, let's do it. <laughs> let's get that statue built. <laughs> awesome. If you could only play D&D once a year, oh, man. Uh, and in order to do that, you had to go in the woods with some friends and fight a bear. <laughs> I mean... Would you what? do that? Yeah, I mean... You're describing like most of our father's hunting trips. Like back in the day when our like our dads didn't have D and I'm a man of a certain age, right? So like back in the like in the seventies, like yeah. that's pretty much what they did, right? Like they got real drunk, they shot an innocent bear, and then they were like, God knows what else happened, but if they had D and I wouldn't be shocked if it was. So I think yeah. it's like it's within the realm of possibility. I'm like mostly upset about like killing the bear. Right. Well, you don't have to kill it. You just have to face it. I just have to face a bear? You and, and a team of friends have to fight a bear fight or you it. can't play D&D. I mean, yeah. I mean, if the bear has, like, gloves and it's, like, a weird, like, <laughs> underground boxing thing in, like, the UK, like, he's got to fight this bear. And I'm like, then, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take one for the team and play some D&D after the bear clocks me a good, you know, a good in the noggin. So this no is... No body shots, though. I'm okay. F- too chubby. This is fascinating to me. What? Uh, <laughs> that where your mind goes in the issue of fighting a bear is... You don't want to be cut by a bear, no. but you would be blunt force punched by a bear with gloves. Are we not talking about D&D, sir? <laughs> yes. There's di- piercing, slashing damage is different from bludgeoning. <laughs> and I'm saying I'll take the bludgeon, take the internal bleeding. <laughs> you know, it's a stupid plan, man, but it's like a, it's like a choice designed yeah. to get me to say stuff. And I'm saying, yeah, that's my version of no. the answer. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I love it because I found out something. Well, I, 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 good. I'm happy. Well, you know, if we're ever at a party and somebody's like, does he prefer being stabbed or bludgeoned? I'll be sure. like, I sure. know. Oh, man. Parties. Yeah. I miss <laughs> parties. I used to go. <laughs> I don't anymore. I'm like a little wizard hermit. Like, I do my work. I go home. Yeah. Yeah. It's healthier for the most part. But occasionally, I hang. who has good parties anymore? No, yeah. this is a tangent we're going to run on for the next hour. Well, I am interested in this because it is the there is a huge social aspect of D&D, like you for sure. have been talking about, obviously. Uh, I think you're a very charming, very 
easy to talk to person. Wow, it um, worked. Wow, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Gary Gygax and TSR. It did. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Um, so, it, is there something about just freeform party that is not pleasing to you at this point? But I, I, structured fun like D and D is. Yeah, I have a lot of social anxiety. Like, uh, I think structured is is where I was able to sort of excel. Um, even when I run a game for a group that's not my own, not my home game, yeah. which doesn't happen a lot because it's almost always, it's just awkward. You know, it's like, it's once in a while I'll do it. Like I ran a Star Wars game for, uh, Jet Lucas and Kyle Newman, who's like, su- they're super sweet people. Yeah. And, and it, but it was just like, you know, wow, Hey, I've never met you before. I'm immediately trying to entertain you in your house. <laughs> You're making fajitas. Like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> I'm not really an actor. Um, But, uh, yeah, so party is unstructured and can be really scary for me. So I just drink my magic potion, which is which is CBD oil, non-psychotropic hemp stuff. And, like, it basically doesn't get you stoned, but helps me out. It just calms you down a little bit? Yeah. It's been (laughs) – it's been a – it's been a – it's been one of the greatest discoveries of my adult life. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, so – Is that your fiancé? Yes. She she was just like, you should probably think about this. And I was like, okay – yeah, because I have super anxiety. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, this is the final How Obsessed Are You question. Okay. And it is a little absurd as well. Okay. If every time you played Dungeons & Dragons, a player somewhere else that was not with you rolled a die off the table and lost it forever, would you still play Dungeons & Dragons? Yeah, screw that guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was I supposed to wait? Like, I'm no. sorry. No, yeah. Forget it. Like, Dicer... Buying dice is a joy, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen a dice bag? Oh yeah, it's I have nothing one. but incomplete sets. So, like, you're saying I'm the I'm the agency at the center of that chaos that loses those dice. <laughs> yes, I take it. <laughs> so you would relish this opportunity? Yeah, it's close to yeah. That's like wizard level. Yeah, I do it. <laughs> I do that thing. I mean, it's fine as long as no doggies choke or kitties choke on it. Yeah, that's the real risk. You drop a die. You've got pets. Watch out. No, e- even I am not that much of a monster to include that in the question. Smart man. I would never ask about a cat choking. This, this interview would be done <laughs> even though it's done. Uh, I asked everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What oh. kind of noise comes to mind when you think about your, your great love of D&D? <laughs> it's sort of like the Porg and the Hyperdrive. <laughs> like mixed poorly. Yeah. Right? That's my sound. Like, nice. I didn't have to. It was easy. It's just like, yeah, and I love porgs. I just want to say that, too. Everyone oh. who's posting this nonsense of porgs getting eaten can go jump off a cliff because that's nonsense. You've lost love. You know, it's tickling your cold heart. That's what you're comfortable <laughs> about. You don't hate the porg. I'm all about the porgs. They're beautiful. Good. Battle cry. Yes. Is, is, uh, warms my heart. It's a pug and a penguin. Pump my fist. It's a pug and a penguin. We're done uh, now. So beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Uh, I ask people to rate their obsessions on a scale of one to seven, seven being the highest, one being the lowest. I know you're a, you're a man of D&D. The numbers aren't very high, but still. No, no. It's I mean, to, to honor the show and not be like, I'm a 16, <laughs> and hit the mic with your hat. Um, I'm. It's a seven, right? Yeah. It's a seven. Like, you know, I... I, I it is. It's a part of me, and in, in such a way that I know it's super strange to people who grew up with me, because they were like, he only talks about D and D. He's not doing super great in high school. Doctor D G Vinny wants to send him to a special school, and now I'm like, you know, working on like this enormous game. It's like a global phenomenon, yeah. you know. And I'm, you know, meeting people like you in writers' rooms across Hollywood, you know, the town, and we're doing some funny work, and so it's just like. It, the whole thing must be strange for people who don't get it. No. So it's a seven for me, for sure. Yeah. 
I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, so you have anything that you would like to plug? Anything um, that you can plug? Yeah, okay. So, well, I mean, you know, I think, you know, honestly, like uh, the game doesn't need my love, but I, I, you could follow me and, and, and follow my adventures on Twitter. It's just at Ryan Vernier, you know. Yeah. That's me. It's my name. Um, R-Y-A-N-V-E-R-N-I-E-R-E. I appreciate the follows. Don't be toxic, you know. Um, <laughs> do make the jokes. You can swear, you know. But, like, yeah, you're going to basically see a lot of 70s art from, like, pulp fiction book oh, covers awesome. and pictures of miniatures and the occasional, you know, wistful photo of me and, like, maybe a haiku about an elf. <laughs> you are doing a great job promoting your uh, Thank you. your Twitter feed there. Here's some quick plugs for the show before our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out my pop culture station on Anchor called Headcanon. And for info on all my upcoming shows, comedy albums, various comedy adventures, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And finally, you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episodes where my wife Sarah and I talk about something that we are obsessed with. Maybe Sarah and I will play some role-playing games together soon because I need to scratch that itch and then we will uh, podcast about that. For full info, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, so here are some final questions. Don't have anything to do with your obsession, but they can oh, if sure. you want. Yeah. If you could fly, <laughs> but you had to hold an object in your hand to do it, what would the object be? <laughs> it's like a like helmet. <laughs> I, I like the specificity that in the question, hold it in your hand. So you, you have a helmet in your hand. So if you're going to crash, you can yeah. put it on real quick. For the photo op, I hide it. You know, real like, it's just like, man, learns to fly, right? You know, like news at 11. But then it's like, whoosh, slam that sucker on your yeah. noggin before the ground comes up. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like the opposite of James Bond and Thunderball where they made him wear that helmet. Like, hi, I'm James Bond. Oh, that's probably, dude, that's probably where it came from. That's probably, the, so you nailed it. Subconscious. Yeah. I, did, I did not have that consciously, but I bet you that was it. <laughs> uh, if you could trap someone else on a desert island with only one album to listen to, what Ooh. would you trap them with? Wait, I oh. Oh, so I'm not calling out the person I hate, but I'm calling out the album that maybe I like or don't like. Oh, I'm going to say, okay, I don't like this person, and the album is the band Bolt Thrower, which was <laughs> the house band of Games Workshop and the Warhammer 40K universe, which I found in Dungeon, Dungeon Master Don's basement when I was like 10. I was like, dude, please explain this. And he couldn't, and then I found like a striper bandana. I'm like, please explain this. And then, yeah. and then I then I tied the striper bandana on the the corner of the album, and I put it in his uh, in a in a place. It stood there for like 20 years. <laughs> so what yeah. what was bad about this band, this music? Everything. It, it was okay. just like super horrible, stupid, like not thought through metal. And okay. I think we're living in like this amazing metal renaissance, and it makes me just hate Ball Thrower even more. Sorry, okay. Ball Thrower fans, <laughs> they suck. Are, are you still a metal? Were you a metal fan, and are you still a metal fan? I think so. I so I came up as a metal fan, but you can't come up in the Northeast without like sort of being influenced by hip hop, okay, and um, hardcore music specifically from like Manhattan and like the DC area, like bands like Fugazi and stuff like that. So I'm all over the board. You know, I love I'm I super love Outrunner music right now. This okay. like sort of the retro stuff. The ha- like uh, uh, Magic Sword is a terrific band. Have you seen the new uh, Thor? Thor Ragnarok trailer, right? I skipped uh, this last trailer because oh, I, don't, I don't want okay. to see any more. Well, okay, so no spoilers, but it's cut to a song called Face of Evil okay. off of uh, the Magic Swords 
uh, first um, album, and it's so good. And I and I play it at D and D all the time. Like Magic Sword is like one of our go to albums that we play. And to see like I'm like oh my god, how, this is so like to then like two weeks later see it up there. I'm like holy cow, yeah. That editor has good taste. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's it's weird. Very yeah. synchronicity and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, man. Final question for everyone on the podcast is: What is happiness? What is happiness? Yeah. Oh God. For me, um, honestly, happiness is having like somewhere to be every other Friday night where everything else doesn't matter. I mean, because you can do that in the face of mortality. Like yeah. you can, there is there like if you're like, no, 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 this thing's gonna happen where I'm gonna be surrounded by people, my chosen tribe, my family. Um, and we're going to do this silly thing that just, you know, creates catharsis or allows us to tell stories or it's like, honestly, like it is that, you know, that is happiness because the kid in me remembers sneaking downstairs at my grandparents' house and watching them like from the corner, like play pinnacle yeah. in this social setting with all these other, you know, couples. And they were, they were just happy, you know, no cell phones, no nothing, yeah. you know? And it was just like, oh my God, man, I want a life where that kind of behavior is a part of it. And that is happiness for me. Nice. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Uh, my pleasure. I like to talk. <laughs> and you do it real well. <laughs> that is our podcast. <laughs> Thanks, man. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. So my favorite class, I think, is definitely the Rogue. I know it gets a raw deal because uh, it's one of those few classes where it's like the me show. The second the Rogue's going to do a thing, it's like, all right, everybody, sit back. I'm going to go turn on the me show and look for some traps. Um, but if it's done well, it can be so much fun and you can have such clutch moments. Uh, spells, um, honestly, like the wizard thing was more my buddies. And as a dungeon master... Spells were always like, oh, man, this creature has five spells. I have to memorize five spells before I run this creature. <laughs> They've always been a nightmare for me. Um, but I think the, the, the most upsetting spell to this day is probably darkness. Right? What does it do? It just creates an impenetrable wall of darkness, and which breaks line of sight. And if you use your brain, it can just wreck shop. Like, just like darkness spell it doesn't matter like if you have dark vision it's just like you know i don't even know if they have saves versus in fifth edition works i haven't dropped it on my party it's so mean yeah yeah nice. it's just like sorry you can't see you're you know i can because i cast it 